Hello. Hello. I'm Kate Butch. And I'm Caitlin Powell. And this is Queers Gone By, the podcast where we talk about nostalgic film, TV and snacks and try to work out if that's what made us queer. And today... Today... We are joined by a very special guest, an award-winning stand-up comedian and writer. If you've watched any TV comedy in the past couple of years, you've probably heard her jokes. She's written for Charlie Brooker, Frankie Boyle, Kunk. It's bloody Charlie George. Hi, Charlie. Hello. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm good today. I've got like a, a lot of sun beaming down from the window in my place in Tottenham. <laughs> I don't even need a ring light. I'm blinded by the light, so no one can even <laughs> see what my face looks like, which is <laughs> everything that I want for a video call, really. <laughs> <laughs> you look very holy right now. You're looking radiant. Yeah, that's what radiant. I was going for. Holy, angelic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, so, Charlie, you've chosen a film for us to watch. Do you want to mm. tell us what it is and why you chose it? Yes, I was so excited to come on this. Um, and I've heard so many lovely things about the things that you're doing. And it's like sort of going back into the past and looking at stuff that sort of shaped us. And so I thought I'd go for one of the classics that I think shaped me, Calamity Jane. Um, oh, Classic old movie. And uh, the reason that I chose this is because um, I discovered this word. Like Someone mentioned it to it recently. I'm going to try and remember her name, but she's really cool and she does TikTok videos. So I've got to attribute it to her. But she coined the term nan-child, <laughs> which, I, which I didn't realise was a thing. But suddenly I was like, oh, I found my niche. I'm a nan-child. And it's basically... I'm also a nan-child, I think. It's children who were raised predominantly by their grandmothers, so therefore mm-hmm. um, have very old-timey 1950s references. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where this film came from. It came from my love of my grandmother, watching films with her, and then this was the film that I watched with my grandmother where I sat up and suddenly the inner queer in me went, Hello? <laughs> <laughs> I can tell why, because Charlie, we've watched a lot of stuff. We've watched so many films, so much TV for this podcast. This might be the gayest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. I messaged Kate like, was this on purpose? Wasn't this on purpose back then? Queerbaited by Doris Day. I know. (laughs) I didn't look at the... I haven't looked at what year it was released, because that would be really interesting to me, actually. I didn't check that when I rewatched it, because I... Like, there is some stuff that's super, you know, like, there's a lot of things that are wrong about the film. I really want to say this, because, <laughs> to be honest, mm-hmm. looking back at anything from my childhood, and my nan childhood in particular, is like, you know, there were a lot of times where I would turn to my nan, and I'd be like, is that, is that a white person dressed as a geisha? So, like, there was, <laughs> there was often things like that in films, okay? And we need to address that, I think, quite early on and say that watching it back, I was like, oh, wow. It's like so many things that I've experienced in my life where it's like, if you really want to enjoy it, you have to ignore a lot of racism that's going on underneath. Um, so, and, and it's a very confusing film in that sense because they talk about... I think there's even a song dedicated to the Black Hills of Dakota and the beautiful Indian country that they love. At the same time, as mm. like really ridiculous <laughs> stuff where they're like really horrible and say quite awful language against Native Americans. Um, I'm not sure the ethnicity of the people playing the Native Americans, but I think they have one very stock view of them. But there is a... Con- <laughs> yeah. 
confusing moment where occasionally they are in the town and sometimes in the theatre there was a family and so I was like are you friends with them or not like I was like <laughs> yeah. I really don't think you've just sort of like decided what your racial stance is and so you're sort of playing both sides it's like I, I want to appeal to the cowboys who want to shoot, shoot up all the Indians but I also don't want to be super racist so it was quite borderline and swaying around and yeah I would love to hear what you guys thought of that uh, yeah it's so it's from 1953. I made a note. Okay. Um, still not okay back then. <laughs> still not okay. Actually, for me, I was like, this is a lot less racist than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> from the yeah, out. Yeah. Pat on the back, Calamity Jane. <laughs> like the. F- <laughs> no, no, it's still very racist. <laughs> yes. But like the there first are bits scene, where she full on murders people, like, and that's yeah. just like a fun <laughs> thing she does. <laughs> like that. Like I quote, they use the word "injun" a lot. I N J U N. Oh, I see. Because they're like cowboy southerny mm-hmm. times. Um, yeah, and like the first scene, they're like, we killed 600 Indians. <laughs> and it's like, okay, um, I yeah. don't like where this is going. And then they kind of, they're not super much in the plot. It's like, that's not, that shouldn't be your chat up line in the bar, should it? Like, you just. No. <laughs> They say every, no, no, like, no. murder they do is like, that's just Thursday night, babes. I'm just killing some engines. <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> uh, yeah. I thought the racism would feature a lot more in the plot, Is I think is what I'm saying. Ah. Yeah. I was nervous at the it's... start, actually. I was like, what is the plot going to be? And then she went to Chicago, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Lovely time. The way they say words in this film... <laughs> Yeah. I was like, I've had a full stroke. Why are they singing cigarettes? Why are they saying this? Chicago. Yeah, it, like, if you have issues like with the pronunciation of words, this this film is really going to wind you up something chronic. <laughs> it's gonna, like, I'd love to watch it with someone who's like a real grammar Nazi and just watch them sort of twitch their way through as they're like, that's not... <laughs> please, please. Um, but what, what I like it because I think it does flip, like when we're looking at the positives of it, um, like I think it flips a lot of our expectations quite early on. One of the things I remember when I watched it is, first of all, like I was a tomboy and I was very masculine and butchy and, like, and, mm-hmm. and I'd always been told that I was like that. And so to see a tomboy on the screen, I just not, and especially in the context of that time period, I was like, oh, wow, she's like, she's tough. And she's fierce yeah. and she's not known for her look. She's she's known for like lying about how many Indians she's killed. <laughs> like um but she That's she, inspirational. I, I don't want to be known for my looks. <laughs> I wanna be known for my lies. I wanna be known for <laughs> Not since Tracy Beaker has a lesbian lied so much. Well this is it. She talks to Fish Big straight away in the bar. She's all like swagger, like, yeah, yeah, there was this many guys and I tanked them. But also she rescues the love of her life, right? The guy that she's got a crush on. Which by the way, I mm. largely ignored and saw as a subplot. But this is what Fully. I do. For me, as soon as as like um as soon as the woman came into the picture i was like katie brown and calamity that's the secret love and i'm just gonna ignore every other <laughs> aspect of the plot Absolutely. and i'm like that's a secret love but she rescues the captain and, and even straight away i mean that was really ridiculous first of all why do the indians want this white man and why have they just not <laughs> they just they just like attached him to a tree whilst they're having dinner and i'm like like <laughs> White people really overestimate how much like we're interested in you. I'm sorry, but like, <laughs> that's insane. Um, but anyway, she comes and rescues him and like puts him on the horse. 
And I think at that time that must have been quite intense because I think essentially she whacks him on the horse and he's like, why couldn't we have separate horses? And she's proper like, because it's uh, cosy this way. And she's just like (laughs) riding this guy home. And I was like, that is quite badass. And I saw a lot of that sort of, you know, butch energy, I suppose, that I really liked in her. Mm. Yeah. This all happens in like the first five minutes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. My favourite thing about... Uh, Miss Doris is how <laughs> she's doing the absolute most the entire time. It's like every single, not just, there wasn't just choreo for the dance numbers, there was choreo for like every movement she did. Yeah. It's incredible. Get in panto, Doris. She's slapping her thigh, <laughs> she's projecting, she's in a little kind of butch fringe gay robin hood look it's amazing it's caitlin doesn't it look exhausting though because you're just like i was like there's there's moments in that film where i'm like yeah okay i get it now like take a break babe like she's so like rigid and like yeah like small dog syndrome all the way through like (laughs) small dog yes she must have had abs of steel after that just from holding herself in place oh what a start she's like Whipping her head round, like whip cracking away. Yeah, she's got she's got, she got a good whip movement. <gasps> yes. Indiana Jones could never. So this was it. They start with whips, which I thought was like super queer and like you know basically like and but then this is me. I thought you were about to say super hot. Um. Well, well, no, there is a part of me that straight away I'm just kind of like butchness, whips, like aggression, like like all of the sort of sexual awakening that I'm quietly having at my nan's house. Uh, it's like. <laughs> It's like happening on the sofa and I'm like, oh my God, the woman with a whip. And I'm just like really excited. And I'm like, just play it down, play it down. So it's got all of those things. And then there's other stuff that now looking back as well, like Francis Fryer is an interesting character. So this this male actor. I imagine. Up, and the whole classic Kate has a lot to say. Francis with the name. Kate, tell me your thoughts on Francis Fryer. We have to explain this character. So it, it comes in. She's, she's, she's saved the man by this point. Yeah. Oh, yeah, is there anything we need to say oh. about the plot from this point? She saved <laughs> the guy. Remember. They've done lots she's of singing. She's like the Amazon Prime of the Old West. She turns up with snake oil and gingham. <laughs> she's like, I've got things for everyone. Um, yes, and then Francis Fry turns up and he's like, hi, I'm the actor from out of town. Um, he's got a lot of teeth. Good for you, Francis. Um, <laughs> and they're like, oh, no, we thought you were like a nice sexy lady comes to do a show. And instantly I was like... Well, I see the obvious conclusion here. Like, here's what you need to do. We've all been there. You've turned up and they're like, oh no, we wanted a lady. And you're like, well, luckily I travel with six wigs and 17 gowns. I was like, I've drag. been on this podcast long enough to know a strong cross-dressing theme when I see one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that's exactly what they do. And I was yep. like, 1953, absolutely smashed it. With this this drag situation, and all the men are like, "Yeah, sexy lady." Yeah, I love <laughs> until that. they're very much not. It's, well, this is it with the turning point, but like, because the song is about the honeybees, isn't it? I got a little something, honey, and then uh, yeah, and that maybe it's got hay fever or something. I don't know, but it's like it's it's lovely. It's like if that's meant to be good for. Hey, Fever. Anyway, he's there and he's in this. <laughs> and I, I got really excited as well because I was thinking drag. Like, that's what I kind of thought in my head. At this point, I might have seen David Hoyle on TV. So I was aware of drag and I remember thinking, oh, they've got drag in it. And that's epic for this time mm-hmm. period. But then when you recognise that it's the, cro- the the mix-up of the name and then you sort of know where it's going. And I was like, oh, no, this person's going to be ousted on stage. And then 
like what's going to happen with all these cowboys. But actually, I think similar to your point about it not being as racist as you thought, it's like it wasn't as like horrific as I thought. Like they were angry about it and they didn't want him there and they were annoyed because it was obviously like a mistaken identity and uh, which is hilarious because he totally didn't like do you know what I mean at points really <laughs> really wasn't trying that hard to not sing like a man <laughs> um, yeah. um but I they were it, it didn't get like really dark or anything do you know what I mean it stayed in this sort of hammy mm, yeah. ridiculous oh well that's really disappointing and then straight away calamity of course has got a solution <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I actually kind of loved uh, how they 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 went along with it for quite a while. Like the one thing that just felt a little uh, was when they were really they were really um I don't know the word like thrilled about his like humiliation of his wig coming off and then falling over. That's like the only bit that I got a bit like about. But before that, they're having a whale of a time. <laughs> Who hasn't laughed at a drag queen falling over? We've all seen the video of Trixie Mattel stumbling. She full Trixie Mattel's off the stage. <laughs> just <laughs> a, a, a lovely addition that I think I might incorporate into my life is that he absolutely gets scalped by a trombone. Like a trombone yeah. just hoists his to wing. To be honest, it, in terms of comedy, isn't that just a brilliant moment? <laughs> yeah. Like it's so sort of Laurel and Hardy and slapstick and I really enjoyed it that that's what takes the wig off is this thing because it's just so satisfying as it keeps coming past him until he notices <laughs> yes. that his wig is being played <laughs> on this trombone where you suddenly realise, oh no, they're not with me anymore. Um, yeah, so that's kind of an interesting journey. And then it goes down the path, doesn't it, of like trying to find the lady from the cigarettes. <laughs> the cigarettes. Oh, these bloody cigarette cards and they've got, what, these like Queen men. Victoria... And are creaming their jeans over this softcore porn. <laughs> like, Kalam's yeah. big coming out moment, she ain't got nothing on but her underwear. I really enjoyed that. She's like, excuse She's me, like, love this. This is the, Kalamzy Jane is um, gaslight gatekeep girl boss. She was pretty hostile. She proper slut shamed them, didn't she? She was like these long underwear, and like, and then it's funny because she's such a wheeler dealer at the beginning. It's like she comes back gigging for the girls, and I was getting really excited. I was like, oh, all right, we're going straight in, are we? (laughs) And then, and then it's like, actually, no, she's like a bit prudish, right? Like she kind of is, yeah. She doesn't want women to have their legs out, but that's a bit of jealousy, right? That's how they played it. It was this kind of green-eyed monster. Um, Whereas in my head, I was just thinking. You know, that could have been done better if I was going to go back in time and direct it. I'd be like, well, maybe she's excited about the legs. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, there's a lot of changes I'd make. (laughs) The amount of times that they say in this film, oh, it's just your female brain having big thoughts about female things. To To be honest, I would have cut the film when they moved in together. That was that was funny. <laughs> that was like stop it there. Okay, so we need to talk about a woman's touch because this was it. This was the moment where you were like, oh, I wish my nan would just leave now. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> which, which is probably the most disgusting thing I've ever said on a podcast. But like, <laughs> this is the pod well, for it. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, oh, nan, can't you go and make a cup of tea and leave me alone with a woman's touch? Because they're, they're, it's, it's, it's everything that. I love because like I'm a real hippie and I was like I also grew up like primarily when I got kicked out of home and stuff I went to Bristol and it's like I got into sort of hippie stuff and 
I love nature. I love cabins. My dream is like log cabins by the wood. I want to go, you know, I'm not like a city slicker really, like with stuff that I would do. So for me, the dream is like, you know, sort of making love in front of a fireplace on a rug. And so they're in this sort of wooden cabin. You're a hiking queer. We I'm get a, it. A yeah, hiking basically, queer. you're going to find me in a cagoule crying on top of a mountain. That is, <laughs> I don't know who amongst us. <laughs> um, and so. I was just so excited because they're there and she's ashamed. And so this is also very relatable content to me. When I watched it again, I think I even said that out loud because it's like I live in shared houses now. And and it's like that feeling of like when you want to bring a girl home and you're like, oh, she's probably wealthier than me and has her own flat. And you're like, I've got to apologise for everything my housemates are doing. And so so Kalani's got that sort of, you know... um, energy when she comes to her cabin where she suddenly feels ashamed of where she lives and I was like oh my god that's how I feel about where I live and then there's this beautiful girl there and you're like oh I really want to impress her and then suddenly they transform the place together and it's like super and and it's like they go to like they do DIY oh my god she starts we have to talk about the soaring moment I'm too excited now but you know when like she's (laughs) She's literally like, I'm sorry, but that is so sexual. Calamity Jane, Adora Stone, is leaning forward, bent over with a saw, like aggressively cutting at their bed. If that's not saying we're not going to sleep in these bunk beds, we're going to make one large lesbian cat kitchen bed, then I don't know what I'm saying. I don't think we've ever had a guest this excited about anything. I mean, it's very true. I also, I just love the fact that these two women get into a house together and they're like, interior decorating? Yes, please. That seemed very queer. That's what I want in my future. We should probably explain to the listeners how we get to this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jumping about. There's a whole lot of plot. Yeah, she's like, so your sexy Adelaide Adams from your cigarette cards. Cigarette. She's up next, lads. She's, She's booked in this... I'm, I might say a lovely theatre. Where where are the venues Charming. like this? Mm. They call it Deadwood, like, isn't it? Nonsense. I I don't think Deadwood would have a theatre oh, like that. Oh, the Christ! Yeah, it's Deadwood is it's actually quite idyllic, apart from the racism and the mild homophobia. Like most towns, so like, any yeah UK. <laughs> that's where I am right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, this some some gobby man who. I was like, this is a side plot, again. Um, oh, like, the man she ends up marrying, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> he's like, I don't think you're going to be able to go and get this Adelaide Adams or something. I wasn't really. He's actually, the men are kind of attractive, and then they start singing. What was that? And he's got these teeth that you're like, are you wearing false teeth? Like, <laughs> he's got a flipper. He's a drag queen. Oh my god. <laughs> Why do he... so many men in this film have so many teeth? <laughs> that actor, gay? Did we get a gay vibe? I got uh, a gay vibe. Yeah, I think he's. Mm, I was getting energy, but it's hard to tell, yeah. isn't it? The de- the depth. I googled of them voice. all, and they all had wives. Yeah. That doesn't mean fuck all. No, not in that generation. <laughs> there could be plenty of beers, couldn't there? But I think, yeah, when I, I just like to see, like, how many, if you lined up some glasses, how many would smash when he sort of hit his first note. <laughs> like, he goes so, <laughs> so guttural. But you're so right. So we go, to, we go to the cigarette packet. Then Calamity gets sent to Chicago, right, to find 
um, to find Adelaide Adams and what she finds is someone impersonating her who's her maid, right? Mm. And obviously yes. Adelaide yes. Adams, what a bitch. What a sort of diva. I... I mean, like I sort of loved her. Yeah. Did you love yeah. her? People ah. both like, cunt, love her. <laughs> also, when she's just walking around Chicago, looking at all the windows and stuff, I think she looks at, like, a two-page, goes, oh, a scalp. Um, <laughs> and then, um, but, like, all of these ladies are, like, walking past and turning around and, like, winking at her. Yeah. And can we talk about the zoom in on one of their asses? Yeah. I mean, I know it's zoom in on the bustle, <laughs> but it was her ass. let's be real. And, that, and Doris is like, oh, my God, hello. <laughs> You can see where yeah, like, drum beat as she's walking. Exactly, like, you can see where bam. my mind went to and why I was like, oh my God, she's like cruising in Chicago. Like, you totally get yeah. that vibe. <laughs> yeah. And she goes to see Adelaide Adams, who does this lovely camp old number, um, Harry, I'm planning, oh. it's Harry, I'm planning to marry. Mm-hmm. Of course. And she rubs Harry with Safari. Which... <laughs> Iconic. There's Phone so, many, in, babes. There's so in. many questionable rhymes in this film. I've written down one of my favourite, which might be my favourite of all time. When Calamity Chain comes back and she sings a song about Chicago, and like I had never, like the Windy City, I'd never heard this rhyme mm-hmm. before until I watched it this time, and I've watched this film many times on cassette. Um, for the sake of civic virtue, they've got fountains there that squirt you. <laughs> Sorry, what? Is that not like the best rhyme you've ever heard in your life? <laughs> this must have been on purpose. Was this on purpose? <laughs> um, I... There's a line in this Harry song though where he, she's like, "I know what I know what she's getting at, but I hated it when he calls me his maid. I just disintegrate." Because you're so fuming. Why? That's so stupid. I hated that. Um, but you know. <laughs> I know it means maid, like gal, but still. But speaking of maids, she does have a maid in a dressing room. Yes. And mm-hmm. she's like, I'm giving up this humdrum life. Um, mm-hmm. uh, that's the song Chicago. That's from Chicago. Oh, and as soon as she gets off stage, sorry, I meant to say, as soon as she walks off, she's like grinning, like, ah, and then she turns the corner and her face just drops. Yeah, that's iconic behaviour. It's a good display of showbiz. I think that's why I pointed out Mm. what she's like in terms of that sense of like everybody's looking at the dream life of being a star and then the reality of being a star is like, I fucking hate this place and I don't want to play here. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm so tired. And now I have to go to Europe and buy new clothes. Like it's always like something like like that where it's like, oh God, you have the life of everybody's dreams, but you're not enjoying it. Like... (laughs) I feel like all three of us have that experience, but at the top room of a pub where everyone hates you and is trying to watch the football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's our version. I remember once playing a gig. I think one of my last gigs pre-pandemic was this awful pub in South London and my Doc Martin boots actually fell off. The bottom just fell off. And I was like, looks like I'm gaffer taping my shoe to get home. That was my equivalent of like, I've got to buy new clothes to go to Paris. <laughs> <laughs> Got a gaffer tape machine to walk home. <laughs> Love that. You're living the dream. <laughs> Showbiz is tough, okay? <laughs> uh, so Adelaide gives all of her clothes to her maid Katie. And yes. Katie's like, maybe I could be a, a star like you, Miss Adelaide. And Adelaide's like, I think not, you ugly, talentless bitch. <laughs> 
I was like, okay. She's like yeah. the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. You are. Also, you're identical. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Yeah, it's you almost, are the same. It's almost like they chose you to look really alike so that you could double cross <laughs> someone or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sure, she might have a bigger ass, but that is literally it. They are identical women. <laughs> yeah, doesn't she refer to her as like it's a proper cat? Like a uh, catty moment, isn't it? Where she says, "Like your you, equipment, equipment is you don't, hardly yeah, adequate. You don't have adequate equipment." Oh, and, and, and any any woman who's ever tried to squish her boobs together to try and have one boob, which is my, I'm speaking of myself here. They, they, that that's really what that comes to mind when it's like you do not have the equipment required, and you're like, "Oh, maybe I could squish the equipment together." <laughs> I've got a push-up bra. Is that what it'll take? I hate it. It's so uncomfortable. Also, like, Katie is, like, because she's a maid, she's dressed in, like, this neck-to-floor simple black dress. Mm. Like, obviously, she's not in the sequins and the beads. Mm-hmm. She has been forced to be demure, Adelaide, you horrible woman, but also, I want more of you in this film. Yeah. 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 I was devastated um, when she left. In that cat's yeah. Hat. When's she coming back? Um, I love how this film is basically just... Not just gender as a construct. Identity as a construct. They are so like, just put on the gown and wing it, babes. I love it. It's great. What a message. There is a lot of that. The one, my most annoying bit of the film when I watched it, and I'd, again, I, I can't believe I forgot this when I was a kid, but I was obviously highly focused on other elements. But the, <laughs> was, was that when Calamity... Like, she breaks the fourth wall of the film. And looks to the camera. I don't, if you remember this moment, it goes. Pure the office. Someone's being hustled, and I'm like, yeah, we know. We're watching. <laughs> like the plot is so simple. Like you don't yeah. need to tell us. <laughs> yeah. Also, she spends the entire scene saying like, "Oh my god, you're pretty. Oh my god, you're the prettiest thing I ever did see. Oh, I'm getting all hot under the collar. Woo-hoo-hoo. It's like you're gay." You're gay, Doris. <laughs> At the very least, bye. Come on, she protects her yeah. so much and is really... I mean, what yeah. I like is that we go from that sort of catty, sort of um, measuring equipment against each other aspect uh, that, that's always portrayed of female identity to... I think Kalam is really protective of her. It's only later yeah. on when they pull it into that back into that space of fighting over a man, who, by the way, is really not worth fighting over. <laughs> like, no. But, you know, that's a, that's a story as ages old as time to, as well, right? Like... <laughs> <laughs> um, I like you were saying about the plot being thin when she goes into the dressing room and she's like come along Miss Adelaide come to Deadwood and um, Katie's like oh well Adelaide I mean me is very much available for being a star on the stage <laughs> and it's like the plot yeah. this plot please you could see where it was going a while off yeah, except they, yeah. I was like oh they're going to be lesbians in a cabin oh no there's more men yeah, yeah. Oh, right. They pull it into like two mediocre dudes with sort of very intense teeth. <laughs> but I like that they. I like the choice to sort of get rid of the facade of everybody thinking that she's Adelaide. So it didn't last very long. Do you know what I mean? She sucked at the song yeah. quite quickly, and they nipped that in the bud. And then it was like, you know, props to Deadwood for all its racism. They will embrace a sort of fraudster white lady <laughs> quite quickly. <laughs> like they'll just be like, oh, actually, how do I get there? <laughs> <laughs> like three guys were like, go on, give her a chance. Like, and I, you know, you can always yeah. see the lines that were written for those three cowboys. Of just like, yeah, go on then, go on, have a song. <laughs> yeah, I also love as soon as they, as soon as they turn up in Deadwood, 
<laughs> these men have been staring at this picture of Adelaide Adams. And I know I said they're identical, <laughs> but they literally cannot tell one brunette from another. They're like, oh, yes, of course, this is Adelaide. Why wouldn't it be? Um, and so, so sexual towards her from the very beginning. Like, groping her, grabbing her, leading her. I did not care for that at all. Also, isn't it hilarious and, um, that it's like, oh, do the song, like, she does the song so awkwardly and badly in the beginning and, and it's kind of off-key. And then it's like, do it as you, Katie Brown. And then she's like a full-on can-can dancer who can't get her leg, <laughs> like, back down from its position up in the air. Like, <laughs> Yeah, full-on backflips, like she's Evie Oddly. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Calamity Jane sings... The classic aforementioned, I just blew in from the Windy City. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, manages, like we were saying about um, mispronunciation, she goes, The Windy City is mighty purdy. And I like, just say pretty because it rhymes with city. Please. I Please, enjoy purdy. I enjoy purdy. <laughs> but I mean, she's dancing on the bar, she's getting lifted up. On the balcony. Oh, yeah, the elevator the thing is great, isn't it? Where she, like, pretends to be in an oh. elevator and they take her up. But then she comes back down really fast. I'm just like, this is... Yeah. Whew. This might be and silly of me, no... but is she singing live? Or did they record that? No. no okay, record it. No lame is. She's got a track in the background. She's, she's lip syncing for her life. Um, <laughs> and they, they drop her down and she lands on, like, a tiny platform and, like, jumps. She's... She's a great time. And she does a yeah. tap dance, doesn't she? Yes, with the soul. Yes. That was very Mary Went Poppins. Went on a long time. It was, yeah, it was very <laughs> long. Mary Poppins, she pulls the soul on and does a whole little sort of, yeah. Yeah. It was good. I mean, that's probably like the classic song of the film, isn't it? But like that, I can't believe I didn't hear about the fountains that squirt you line. Once again, misinterpreted <laughs> on my behalf. Um, but like, you know, there's... <laughs> She's kind of saying that Deadwood is better, but she's describing it to all these people that I suppose don't really get out of town. Because um, that was yeah. another another important point from Katie Brown, wasn't it? When she was doing the swindle, was like, you know, do they have news there? <laughs> Does anybody know <laughs> things in this town? <laughs> and the answer is, no, no. not really. <laughs> it's very commendable of her to sing a whole song about how great, like, the fountains and the elevators and, like the baseball games are when she spent the whole of her time in Chicago just staring at ladies' bums. <laughs> All of her, like, half an hour she was there. Like, she's got back and they're like, sing us a song. <laughs> sing us a song about Chicago. And she's like, what rhymes with asses? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to make something up. <laughs> yeah, it's like, Kalam, we never saw you in a supermarket with an elevator, babe. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't happen, did it? <laughs> thinking on a beat. She is very yes anding <laughs> the subject Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, then the, the show starts. Then there's this bit with mm. how we... Oh, God, we forgot about that song. There's a song earlier on where... Where, oh God, Kalam and her oh, so future like... husband are arguing and then they make a bet that if Kalam can get... Adelaide Adams, he has to dress up as a Native American. So that's yeah. a whole bit. And yeah. Kalam needs to be in every comedy audience ever because she has no sense of perspective as to how funny this is. She is <laughs> howling with laughter. Yeah, it's a ridiculous laugh. To be honest, it's by the third time she did it, I was like, just somebody shoot her. Like, it was annoying. <laughs> I, um, though, though, yeah, if she wants to come to any of my Edinburgh shows in the future, she's welcome. But it was... <laughs> I felt both of those things but like it was so intense the way that that was like yeah this humiliating thing but the choice to have a baby 
was very confusing. I guess they thought, how can we point to the fact that Bill Hickok is dressed like uh, an, an Indian? And, they, and the first thought that they went in the writer's room was like, let's have a baby screaming. <laughs> I don't know why. Just so, so that yeah. everybody would look up and see him there so it would be more dramatic. But so, and then he's surrounded by this um, Native American Indian fam- family um, mm-hmm. And so I was just like, oh, so they're allowed in the theatre, but you kill them all the time. What's going on? I'm so confused. <laughs> like, yeah. I was just... There's so many scenes My... where there's just like a pair of them chilling in the background. And I'm like, are they your neighbours? <laughs> like, who are these people? <laughs> My favourite thing about Calamity's laughing, just to go back to that, is that, that I... I noticed this and I was like yes petty queen he's she's 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 all they're all laughing at him and then he's like any man that the next man to laugh at me gets a fucking bullet in the head and Calamity's like well any man that laughs at you I'm gonna fucking piss me knickers <laughs> laughing at you because I'm not a man yeah. which is like me whenever I'm on like an airplane or like something and they're like ladies and gentlemen please listen to the safety announcement and I'm like doesn't apply to me neither a lady nor a gentleman so <laughs> I could die here and it's your fault. Um, <laughs> I just. <laughs> I would describe that as self sabotage, but okay. Yeah, yeah, that's a great way to just be like, well, I'm not gonna put my life thing on my face before anyone. You know what I mean? Like that's okay, cool, fine, whatever works for you, babe. <laughs> no, but I love. But them. what is non-binary if not getting more attention from being in a life-threatening situation? That's the queer experience. That's what I'm clinging to. <laughs> Oh, and she does want her attention. Good God. It goes on <laughs> along the tap dance, the laughing. Oh, there are quite a few elements of this film where I was like, the director should have been like, okay, just just 10 seconds is fine. You don't have to go on for the full minute. Yeah. It's and, okay. And they set that up so much. So between her and Wild Bill Hickok, or whatever he's called, Mr. Mr. Big Teeth, and, he, and they, they, they set up this whole, like... Um, you know, she called it like a seven-year itch, I think, even at one point, of like, oh, they don't get on and they've got this thing. And they, they nod to it so much that further down the line that their sort of, you know, undercurrent of disliking each other is going to be laced with sexual tension, even though they're clearly both gay. <laughs> but do you know what? We've all been there. Do you know, like, you know, I, I've had a boyfriend who's got erectile dysfunction and it, we were both completely happy with that arrangement, you know, like... <laughs> you were like, oh, no! Oh, what a no. shame! What Don't a shame! Don't let me sing! You, Don't let me sing! You, you hug me on my period. We change the sheets together and talk about women. It's exactly what I wanted. <laughs> like, it's just great... You know, so I feel like they sort of established that arrangement very intensely. Um, And then I'm trying to think. So, yeah, she gets found out as not Adelaide quite quickly. And then this is where we move to, like, her just sort of... I think it's interesting that the next step is, like, move into my house. (laughs) That's queer. We know many queer women who've done the exact same thing, so don't judge them. Oh, you're a fraud and a liar. Would you like to live with me? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's pretty much my sexual history <laughs> um, I also there's the, um... a weird bit where they tie up calamity and winch her up to the top of the theater what was that bit um, there's men's the, the, like, pride is the real villain of the piece in this film the yeah. weird whole yeah gay francis is like give him hell <laughs> katie <laughs> yeah. um, trust the gay man to to recognize the difference between two women. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you and, tell me yeah, which actresses are which all the time. I have no idea. 
<laughs> and then they, they heckle her, and then she goes, this is, this is a very much bit of me. She's like, I thought you, I could make you like me, but... And then they all go, boo! <laughs> <laughs> Which is me, like, when I'm the only drag queen on, like, a stand-up lineup. <laughs> And I'm like, would you like to hear some jokes about limp wrists? And they're like, no! <laughs> Bitch, that happened once and you never went back. <laughs> Talk about how you hate your wife! <laughs> oh, God! Yeah. That's so intense. But yeah, she's getting <laughs> yeah, badly like, booed, Jay- isn't she, in that moment? That's that's bleak. She, so she gets, she gets booed, but then Clam sticks up for her. She gets the other chance. But then is that how that she's like, ends? She's fit, right? She's a really fit lady. Like, let her sing. Yeah. And then all the men are like, yeah, you're right. She is fit. Let her sing. Also, before, like, she was doing badly, but she was wiggling about. I was like, that's what you guys want. You're not there for, like, quality <laughs> entertainment. You just want a wiggly lady. Yeah, just wiggly. I mean, don't we all? But, you know. <laughs> a replaceable wiggly lady. But, yeah, so they switch, they, they switch, they switch tack pretty quickly, and then they're like, yeah, actually... She's a woman. We'll, we'll we'll give it a go. She's a white lady. We'll give it a go. There's no need. There's no need to get too hostile here. And then and then and then, then calamity is just like taken up. I think it's Bill Hickok, right? Because he realizes she's not. That was that plot thread. thread, wasn't it? it? Was yeah. Because she's not Adelaide Adams, and that was the bet that he had to dress like an Indian, which yeah. which is so funny that he's so upset about that because I'm like, years later, people are still doing that at festivals and still doing it at fancy dress parties. Yeah. So it can't be that shameful, can it? Dressing like a Native American <laughs> yeah. Indian. You seem to like it a lot, white people. You seem to really like those feathers. What? Also, he did not half-arse it. He did the full Luke. <laughs> he got a baby. Yeah, he got it. He baby? found a baby. Yeah. How long was she in Chicago for? <laughs> I completely missed the like. I I what the song where they're like, so you know, in anything goes, there's a song "You're the Top," which is a song that me and potential lovers sing to each other all the time. No, um, this is like the opposite of that, called "You're a Piece of Shit," um, where they sing to each other like how much they hate each other. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And then I I was like, I fell asleep, um, and um, I missed the. Um, bet. So when he came on with the family, I was like, was it part of the bet that he went and like became, like, he, he lived as an outcast? <laughs> is, is that his baby? Like, he's just like gone and impregnated. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Intense bet. No, he just committed, and that's quite gay. <laughs> and then like, also got a private box, for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. To be fair, that could be, at that time, probably, like, the peak punishment, isn't it? It's like, you must form an interracial marriage and embrace <laughs> racial integration. Is there anything more shocking yeah. and damning and, so, and socially unacceptable in the 1950s as that, really, in lots of ways? to op- and, and then come to the theatre as an interracial family. Um, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that was bad. But I quite liked that number where they're fighting. I think there is something about hmm. me that, like, yeah, that, that subliminal stuff of, like, couples that don't get on. That's something I remember from my nan childhood. It's like there tends to be those types of numbers in films where... Because I would often pretend to be the leading man in these films anyway. So, like, it's that kind of thing of, like, oh, we don't get on, but inevitably at some point we're going to all take our clothes off and have sex on this bar. <laughs> That's just fanfic, isn't it? Like, every single one. <laughs> I mean, there is, like, on, on the Wikipedia of Calamity Jane, because I did look at it, they do have, like, a whole section called subtext. And, like, it is, like, it is regarded as, like, a big lesbian film. Yeah, big time. 
Yeah. So it's not it's not us projecting. No, even at it's the a end, lot of yeah. people when projecting. she's like, "Now I the shout secret it." Secret love song. Secret love. Yeah, yeah, now yeah. I shout it from the highest hills. Even told the golden mm. daffodils, "I'm gay, I'm gay." <laughs> <laughs> whispering into the mouth of a daffodil, which, by the way, all queers should do every now and then, just to just to have people <laughs> like get upset in the park. Do you know what I mean? Just to ruin an outdoor experience. It's just like look. <laughs> Go to the pouty mouth of a daffodil and just whisper your sexuality. That's what they want. That's what they want. It's also pretty cottagecore as well, so that's good. <laughs> I, I did, when I was like, because I grew up in the Peak District, I would go up to a hill and then be like, I am gay. <laughs> I am like, you're gay. the Grinch or something shouting from the hill. <laughs> I, love I literally would do that. And I tell my dog as well, because I don't want to lie to my dog. Um, oh, obviously. I love it. <laughs> See, course. nature will always accept you, and that's brilliant. And that's why in every in every countryside town there is a small gay on a hill yelling sexuality into the wind. <laughs> because because nature doesn't give a fuck. Like, because nature knows and understands. Um, <laughs> it's the people that don't get it. But, so that might be the most profound philosophical understanding of Calamity Jane that we've <laughs> that we've deducted. Oh, oh, I'm crying. <laughs> so they move oh. in, as we've said. Um, Calamity's yes. like, just so we should chaperone each other, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're gonna look out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, and there's a great line where is it Bill or the other one? Oh, there's there's a love interest of the le- left lieutenant. Um, and one of them, I can't remember which, is like, oh no, Katie's like, feel free that you can like drop in any time. And Kalam's like, feel it, but don't try it. And I was like, yes, <laughs> overprotective butch girlfriend. I love it. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah, I didn't clock that line. That's brilliant. But also I love where like, I think it is in Women's Touch, is it, where they're going through their stuff at the end and Calamity just puts on like, I can so relate to this because I remember hanging out with women and I've been so sort of, I had a very weird religious upbringing, so I wasn't really connected to stuff. My mum used to shove us in big floral dresses, but I didn't know things about makeup because my mum is white for a long time. I couldn't wear hers um, without looking very strange. And so I remember sort of being in my, like, 20s, I think, doing a show for the first time, and these girls were showing me how to do makeup and stuff, and they handed me this kit, and I was, like, going through it, like, um, was in Space Odyssey or something, just, like, sort of staring at these... (laughs) brushes and I didn't realize how you could have so many utensils um and so so when calamity puts on these like pants on her arms it was just like oh yeah I feel you babes where there's like women's oh. stuff that you're just like what is this for I don't understand <laughs> also very sexual it's just like yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna wear your knickers on my head <laughs> as a bolero <laughs> Yeah, Kalan has a full-on gender meltdown. We've all been there. Um, and so Katie's like, don't worry, babes, I'm going to show you how to do it. And they sing Woman's Touch. And And they put on some gorgeous camp blouses. So many oh. blouses. Yes. I love a blouse. Um, oh, meanwhile, yeah. Bill with his teeth sings a song oh, about d- how he d- loves d- Katie. I literally didn't know. That's a really interesting one because it's like he's known her for about three seconds of, of film time <laughs> and he's like looking at a painting of her rather than the real her, which I feel is like a, mm-hmm. you know, a very good metaphor for what a lot of certain sort of objectified love is really, isn't it? It's just like this, this wonderful idea of a woman that I've not really spoken to. <laughs> well, that's how they got into this whole mess with these bloody cigarette cards. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Learn your lesson. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Uh, um, and they... Bill and the lieutenant 
lieutenant, um, who she saved at the start, mm-hmm. they go to woo Katie in the yeah. cabin. <gasps> Meanwhile, Calamity's gone off to the creek, the crick, or whatever. Yes. And she comes back looking oh. like trash instead of good. But but this, for me, is the interesting turning point because when I watched it this weekend, I realised, oh, my God, it's sort of a combination of the high school films, She's All That, and uh, Taming of the Shrew and 10 Things I Hate About You because basically the next bit of the plot is, like, they have a bet to see who... or a short straw game to see who takes... Yeah. Calamity, which is a classic plot line of like, oh, the woman that is less attractive, you know, like, will take her on her bet storyline. Yeah. And then her misunderstanding of that is like so adorable, where she's like, you know, she kind of forces the lieutenant, you must, you must take Katie. I know you wanted to take me. And he's thinking, I did not want you. And it's, <laughs> so it's, it's really sort of that, like, that's sort of like a gut wrenching bit, but it really does mirror a lot of those plot lines that come later in, in so many films that you have in the sort of 90s and 2000s that really mm. just follow a similar mm. dynamic in terms of like, oh, woman is horrific, puts on. Takes her glasses off, suddenly hot. Like <laughs> at Princess Diaries. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like I also can we talk very briefly about their renovations? Because I love this. Mm. They paint the door yellow and write Kalam and Katie, which was adorable. They grow red roses and they also yeah. they add a roof. They change the roof of the house. <laughs> This is truly a fashion and a practical lesbian getting together. Magic happens. I loved it. And they do it all through a queer montage, which I'm always here for a queer montage. Yeah, that roofing Um, has never been completed so quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, they have shit to do. Kate is very, like, she knows about girl code. And she tells the lieutenant, like, Calamity has loved you forever. Mm Mm-hmm. Please, just ask her to this dance. Kind of sharing her secrets, but go off, okay. (laughs) Yeah. But he's like, no, I must kiss you instead. And he just does. (laughs) I don't like the way he really forces himself onto her. I did not like this. Yeah, no, this was a really gross moment. Also, though, Katie needs to fucking take responsibility. She put that, that blanket over the wood... And sent the other uh-huh. one out. And, and you can't say it was just to have a conversation. So there's like girl code and then it's like, I know we shouldn't, but just so you know. <laughs> there's, mm-hmm. a, there's that type of energy to it. So like that's where the sort of rift plot line sort of comes in, right? Is that she does cross a line. She's got a very sort of thin veil of like, we shouldn't, uh, but there's vibes between them, I guess, of like... yeah. But I think the vibes are thin. I think you're right, Kaylin, to be a bit horrified because it's like she doesn't really have any reason to like him. They haven't. He hasn't really. He hasn't really earned the right for that. It's very much like yeah. I get. Let's get married. I'm gonna kiss you. It's almost like on the tip of his tongue and it like yeah immediately. And I'm like. There's a lot of, like, grabbing... Throughout the film, as soon as she appears, a lot of grabbing of her hips. And I'm like, that's very low down to grab someone. Like, a shoulder, I could be like, all right. But the hips? Mm. They're not teapot, like, handles or anything. Just (laughs) pause off. It's that real vibe, isn't it, of the hourglass thing of the 1950s. But also, I don't know, that must have been really tough. Because it does. you do get a sense around that time. This is like, are these people not... Like, how many dates are you going on to see that this person's not a psychopath? before you do the marriage proposal bit, because it doesn't look None, like there's apparently. enough. Like, it doesn't <laughs> yeah. look like there's enough. So they go to yeah. this ball, right? Like this, which I never really understood what the ball is. Can we first talk about Kalam in her moment when she appears in her little yellow dress? Oh, it's so oh. sad. And they're like, Katie's like, 
they're, they're all like, calamities, so ugly and unattractive, we hate her. And Katie's like, we must wait a second because she's just, I can see her, she's on her way back. You're going to be so surprised at how beautiful she is. And she looks gorgeous in this dress. She does. I want this, this little yellow, yellow dress. Like, it's cute. Oh. And then she turns up and she's fallen in the creek. And she's yeah. like, head to toe in mud. And she's like, who wants to take me to the dance? And they're like, ooh. <laughs> Yeah. And they're like, how have you decided? And it's like, we drew straws. And she goes, oh, who won? Because um, she's like, oh, I'm the prize. And I'm like, that's yeah. a good mindset to have. Head to yeah. toe in mud. And you're like, I am the prize. And this, this yeah, lady Yeah, until the very here, end. She's really not that. She hasn't really got a crisis of... I think she's got a bit of a gender crisis. Like how she presents mm-hmm. like as a woman. Yeah. But she's like... But she's kind of like, but I'm fucking great. This she is says, yeah, she's like, I can outshoot, I can outride any woman. I'm like, I bet you fucking can, babe. <laughs> this is why I love her. She's like, I think yeah. it was the first time I'd seen, because you see so many of those, maybe because of the context it was set in, which we've addressed, it has its, its screwed upness. But I think there's definitely something about like her toughness and her belief in herself. And also like her skills were what was kind of at the forefront of all of that bravado mm-hmm. and confidence. And I hadn't really seen that because like women were always sort of de- you know downplayed in the other kind of sense because Katie's plotline is pretty horrific really like she's kind of there as a as a sort of prop and doesn't get as much chance for that so I liked how confident mm-hmm. she was yeah she sort of seems to believe in herself and it's and I like that her first thought is like yeah I'm the prize and she should yeah. be the prize even covered in mud everyone's like oh you know <laughs> the way that their reaction was of like oh she fell in a quicks and now she's hideous I'm like it's Doris Day you can see it's Doris Day she's absolutely <laughs> you know, like what's wrong with you this is like when you're watching she's all that and you're like that's a model in glasses what the idea of <laughs> yeah. like the impenetrable fortress of potential intellect and being able to read just makes her so hideous. What's wrong with you? Like, yeah. And then she turns up oh. next night in a pink thing and they're like, oh my. Like, it's bizarre. And then she looks the, the, exactly like, the same as how she's looked all yeah. the way through the film, except now she looks like a cake. Like... Yeah, I honestly thought they were going to do more with it because obviously we know this moment is coming where she's going to I thought she'd have gorgeous. her hair down and all of the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 but, yeah but no, her hair is the same. It's in a little, little whatever it is, little thing. Little and he's thing. ashamed of her on the way there for wearing an army coat because obviously they have to hide it and so she has the shawl, so they have to hide it for the big reveal. Which is like, she basically she looks like one of those women. Did you ever remember those women? They're like Barbie dolls on the top of... My nan had these, the nan child On a toilet roll. On top of a toilet roll. She looked yep. exactly like one of those. Is that what men want? I... They want the lady on top of a bug roll. <laughs> <laughs> um, when they're on the buggy, like we discussed, they're, t- they're singing about the Black Hills of Dakota. Mm-hmm. She, before they do... The, it's the, as the lead into the song, she does have this line where she looks at the... She's like, isn't the countryside beautiful? I can see why the Indians are trying to fight for it back. I'm like, you're halfway there. You, 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 you're almost there with the, <laughs> with the notion. Like, please. I love how they wrote that as like a throwaway line. Like, it's not even a big part of the They're like, hmm, upholding systems of oppression. Anyway, back to my dress. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like one sentence of like white guilt. Like that's what you get. It's like that. That is such an, a very intense. Like that. I mean, that is like a metaphor for a lot of people's apologies, right? It's kind of just like I yeah. can see why you feel like that. And back to me. <laughs> it's so that so much. And the, and then the thing is, is 
because in that moment, watching it now, it's so funny that I never had this in childhood because uh, obviously because of my raging clit horn at the time about so many other things, but <laughs> was that... And it's, it's like, which is terrible. It's got between me and so much racial oppression that I really should have paid more attention to. But like, I, I kind of, when I was watching it this weekend, I really felt like, I hope a whole bunch of Indians come down from the hills and attack them all on the way to the party. I really was rooting for them. Yeah. I was just like, you can't be singing that song and saying that stuff. <laughs> Like, with all of the crap that you said at the beginning, I was like, wouldn't that be a brilliant end to the film? As they never make it to the party. (laughs) She looks beautiful, but she's shot by a thousand arrows. Like a a little pink porcupine, all silk, tall and blood. (laughs) What an ending image. (laughs) They should let... They should let people do that. We'll just do like retakes of like, you know, we'll just kind of readdress the racial oppression in films. We'll go back. We'll correct that. I mean, no one wants that, but that's an alternative to just removing them and and, and going back and saying, oh, we're really sorry about the blackface in this film. It's like, let's just do an alternative ending. (laughs) Like it's clear. Retribution. (laughs) Choose how you want to correct systemic racism. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. So they arrive at the ball and like and if if obviously if you haven't realised that Calamity Jane was queer by this point, when she does take the coat off and like she knows the theatricality of a reveal and everyone's like, Let me sign your dance card, please, madam, please. Yeah. I think we should bring back dance cards, personally. What is the point like they sign up? For the opportunity to be in the presence of a woman, because I would love that. Like, so you get you get a list of all the songs that are going to be played. <laughs> you get a list of all the songs that are going to be played, which I love because in this day and age, I don't know the songs that are coming on. So if I get a, a pre a pre described list, cool. I can yeah. um, like run off quickly, listen to my headphones, and be like, oh yeah, I know this song. Um, mm. Camila Cabello, I know who she is. Um, <laughs> and then um, yeah, you, you like. You're like, I want to dance to this song with you and this song with you, which I think is fabulous. So lovely. I love admin. Um, to bring that into a social that. setting. It's like, this is our song. I like that. Admin. That's cute. Yeah, no, I miss all of that culture. I mean, that's what, admin. That's what it is. It's not the admin that I thought, but like, it's like, I miss that culture a lot. And I think my nan used to tell me about going to dances in Tottenham. Like, she lived in um, Stanford Hill, my white nana. And she used to, like, I think that's where she met my granddad. Like, he was in the army and like, they'd, he'd come here or something and they'd go to dances and do rock and roll dances. And, and there's something really like about social dances uh, as a sort of lovely way to meet people. So you don't have to work worry about all this online dating because it's like you kind of know what's going to happen at a dance there is this formalized nature of there's a certain set of dances that we all know and you mm-hmm. sort of get a sense mm-hmm. of the music and you can kind of you know yeah dancing with people and that's a way to get to know people it sort of takes a lot of that stuff out you know there's a there's a stru- existing structure there there is something nice about that i mean it's essentially speed dating isn't it but like through the medium of dance it's like yeah. you've got like a whole list of candidates and then you go around and spend as long they've got as long as the dance to impress you or deeply upset and traumatised you. <laughs> <laughs> There's always that option, isn't there? Speaking of... At this stage, of, I'll take either. Uh, this twat. What's his name? The, le- the lieutenant. The lieutenant. <sighs> yeah, yeah. He, he, he goes... At, Danny. I mean... Danny, all the men, they see Kalam and they're like, oh my God, she's a lady. Um, and they, and Danny starts being so complimentary to her and you can see her little eyes light up and she's so excited. Um, and she's kept and a space in a dance card yes. for him. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then he, he spends the whole time with Katie. Off. 
And he spends yes. the whole Fantastic. time, and then basically classic sort of garden, grab the lady's face, worryingly, and snugger scene. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He says, I love you. I love you. Yeah. But in That's the 1950s, yeah, that is proper love, but you kind of have to say that, right? Because it's like in the no sex before marriage vibe. It's like, what, what oh, do I need true. to say? What do I need to say to just imagine that marriage mm. is the obstacle to sex? like that's that's insane like yeah I, the, for those generations i mean the, the mistakes that were made <laughs> because yeah. of that social order system of like you know yeah. well we'll do that first and then i'll find out that you're an asshole or that you maybe have some sexual kind of problem that is unsolvable later wow what a what a gamble yeah. <laughs> Um, I didn't get this bit because it's like, Katie, you're from Chicago. You are from Chicago. There are so many men. And also your girlfriend is right there in a beautiful pink dress. So, you know, pause off, maybe get a sense of perspective. But no, she gets all dazzled by the lights or something. And she's like, yes, a little kiss. Dazzled yes, by- please. Dazzled by the lights of Deadwood. Yeah, I think she's, in- yeah. she's deeply insecure. She's been told she's got weak equipment. You've got to remember all of these things. She's very susceptible yeah. to codependency and you know this person who's gonna love bomb her basically i think it's that it's like don't but you are sort of whispering aren't you like don't go for the first man who tells you he loves you in a garden quick (laughs) (laughs) oi me aged 15 maybe don't do this Uh, Um, how old is she i don't know because she looks about any anywhere between like 12 and 40 i think she could be <laughs> she does look a bit older doesn't she but it gets to so they have this smooch and then that's does Kalam see it and then that's where the, like Kalam yeah. Kalam does yeah. the full on she goes them. full eileen warner i'm gonna like. shoot, the, shoot the punch out of your hand vibe and then she gets it all over mm-hmm. her face i kind of feel a little bit disappointed in katie she doesn't run after her mate and like try and solve it she's like, so unconcerned She's like, oh well, <laughs> got on the dress. I, like, I, I like that Calamity says literally, this town ain't big enough for the both of us. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not a big cowboy fan. I'm not a fan of cowboy films. I love a cowboy. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and I was like, yes, the one line I know from a cowboy film. <laughs> Good for you. And then she's like, That's I'm not literally going to shoot this, you. is it? No, 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 no. No, no. no she does essentially oh, to try and chase her out of town. What I like is that Bill Hickok, uh, like I'm going to call him Mr. Big Teeth because he's like Mr. Big in Sex and the City, but the you know the, the thing that's large about him is his teeth. We don't know about down below the waist. Um, and then and and then they're like in the moonlight, and he's like, "Who are you to you know?" Or maybe this is later, but he's like, who are you to like decide who who loves who or whatever? And he's trying to convince her. And they have this chat in front of a horse, classic chat in front of a horse moment. <laughs> and and I love the horse's face in the background, which, by the way, is really hilarious. Just watching these two humans like going, what is going on? And so immediately they go from like, you know, I can't believe it. I was in love with this person to straight away being like, do you know what? I'm lonely and I want kids. I'm lonely and I want kids. And why don't I love you instead? Yeah, yeah. And then the horse is like, yeah. Doesn't understand humans whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed, um, they have the little kiss and then he's like, what happened to that lieutenant you were telling me back a while, uh, telling me about a while back? And she's like, I never heard of him. I was like, it's 30 seconds ago. 30 seconds ago you were talking about babies. <laughs> also, she never asks him. She never says, what happened about that Katie girl? Because he's just like, he's... so potentially it's like, you can like both of us if you want. Like, whatever. Like, it's so weird. Yeah. 
The other version in my modern head that I didn't have when I was a child is when we get to the very end and they sort of have this double wedding thing. Is now in my head I had an alternate ending where I'm like, oh, polyamory. They're all going to live together as a quadruple. <laughs> and like... <laughs> And, and like, he'll be with him and she'll be with her and it'll just be this wonderful, like, I don't know how they're all going to fit in that cabin. Maybe I have to saw some more beds. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> like, <laughs> and Charlie's like, and I will watch her saw the beds. <laughs> <laughs> but this oh film works God. across the generations because you can just, you know, you can just alternate the endings, you see. Exactly. And yeah, they they kiss out of convenience, and then she puts on her little like tan suit. Yes. And she runs up the hill, and she's with a horse, and she sings a song, "Secret Love," which yes. we have described is a queer anthem. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Wait, doesn't um, she have that moment in the in the theater first, or is that her come later? Oh, there's a bit with a shot glass, and she's like, I'm going to put a bullet in, bullet in her face. Both of them. <laughs> yeah, but doesn't she, like, threaten Katie, like, tell her, get out of town? That, that was that the her... moment. Oh, and yeah, then what does. I love is that Katie is a terrible shot, but it's actually Bill Hickok. Yeah. That's, that's the moment, isn't it, where Bill Hickok shoots, oh, yes. shoots the glass out of Calamity's hand because... Mm-hmm. Um, because he and then he's like you know you can't tell people who to love and it's not fair and he doesn't like the way that she's treating him what i love is the punchline of that scene is the barrel being poured i don't know if you remember it but it's just squirting like one of the sort of uh, dirty fountains in chicago i imagine it's just sort of squirting (laughs) really intensely this barrel and then the barkeeper's just like why have i got two holes in this barrel oh screw it i'll just have a drink um he he doesn't sort of put two and two together because come on we're in deadwood um (laughs) <laughs> but like yeah I think that's kind of a cool a cool moment isn't it that shootout thing but it does kind of say that she you know she can't shoot the glass out of her hand which is a bit mean but then maybe you know she's probably never used a gun before it but it's probably a fair assessment rather than just pure sexism <laughs> we can't we can't be going into the nitty, green, the nitty and gritty about sexism in this film otherwise we'll be here all day <laughs> Um, <laughs> we've already got so much racism to cover we can't do all the sexism <laughs> too much to unpack um. <laughs> so yeah she sings a song in a little suit and yes. she, she runs down to town and she's like I'll go and make up with her and she turns up to town and they're like you're, you're, like, you're like three minutes late Calamity where, she's just gone where have you been and she's like oh I haven't been singing a song about being gay yeah. uh, no not me <laughs> literally um, if you just spent five minutes not singing your song everything would have been fine <laughs> This is also and, fully like someone realizing the consequences of their actions. She's like, "Wait, you mi- sorry? Hang on. I sh- tried to shoot a woman, threatened her, and she left. Like it's so weird." She's like, "What?" And so she rides after her in a big horse chase, which is definitely on a green screen. Um, <laughs> and um, she like slides into the the coach like she's a yeah, highwayman. Yeah. <laughs> And she's like, Katie, I'm getting married. And she's like, oh, good for you. Enjoy your life with the lieutenant. And I'm like, please just communicate better. Just say I'm marrying Bill. And she's like, no, yeah. I'm marrying Bill. I'm like... Oh. And then immediately Katie's like, yeah, okay, I'll come home. Never mind trying to shoot me and stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Best friends. Also, and the little faith she has in Danny... That she, that her, her essentially her best friend is like, 
look, I'm getting married. And she's like, to the man I love? Fair enough. Like, she has no faith <laughs> at all. Yeah, it's like he's mentioned several times he doesn't like her. Like, we know that that isn't yeah. it. It's like, come on, wake up. Then, to, to add insult to injury, you've got the guy who's riding the cart just lean behind and go, women, and scratch his head. Just to sort of like... <laughs> and I sort of feel like that is the epitome of like what I feel in certain situations still today when I'm doing something with other women and I'm just sort of like waiting for that man to lean behind the corner and go, women, and scratch his head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was great. Uh, um, yeah, then they have the double wedding. They all sing a little reprise of each of their songs. Oh, yes. Um, I love her wedding dress. I know that's by the by. It's very yeah. formal, but she's looking great. It's brilliant. Um, Buttoned up to the then, top. They fly off into the sunset like in Greece. The horse and carriage flies away. Um, yeah. Nobody stopped uh, Bill yeah. singing, but... Ugh, well, fun. because there's four of them, it's so funny, because it's like, well, you throw the bouquet to one, and then the other women get a bouquet, and they all go sort of hysterical. And then it's like, oh, you know, who will the next polyamorous couple be? <laughs> you know, and I'm pretty sure they said that. And then... <laughs> And then that, the, the credits roll. And then the credits roll, yeah. and that's it. And then that's that's Calamity Jane. But, like, what a legend. To me, she's still an icon. I think I'm obviously, you know, blocking out, like most of history, and blocking out a lot of things that aren't worth remembering <laughs> and that I don't want to see and that are incredibly painful and insulting. But at the core of it is a badass butch chick who I'm mm. convinced is in love with a woman and that all that's standing in her way is her, is her husband. <laughs> <laughs> Tale as old as time. So we have to ask the main question. I mean, wait, actually, I didn't ask you at the beginning, Kate. Did you watch this as a child? I have definitely seen bits of it. I don't think I've ever seen it all the way through. Mm-hmm. And I listen to a lot of Magic of the Musicals, and they play a lot of the songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> shout out to them, not sponsored. Um, <laughs> so I know I knew the songs, and I knew Secret Love. Uh-huh. And like I kind of drawn my own conclusions from that because I didn't mm-hmm. have the the whole facts of the context. Um, it <laughs> so will like, surprise yeah, no one good. to learn I knew nothing. <laughs> I knew, oh, you didn't I watch knew... this film ever before. No, I knew Whip Crack Away because it's a song that's fun and bouncy. Um, and I think that's it. Like I've probably seen stills from it. I I knew the poster of her being like, aha. Oh my god, am I obsolete already? Like, you're too young. This is a thing, isn't it? Like, I'm I'm older than I look, and I think you know, a lot of people say to me, oh, isn't that a great thing? And I'm like, yeah, maturity can't catch you if you keep running. Like, that's (laughs) because I dress like a teenage boy. And I, I'm of the Asian persuasion, you know, I'm going to live a long time. I get away with a lot, do you know what I mean? But I'm actually much older, so I, I, I do think, yeah, maybe I'm showing my age. And it is also that nan-child, nan-child thing. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a nan-child and all I have is like a hoarding tendency. That's all I've got from my <laughs> nan. <laughs> That's it. But I, I'm Go like ahead. big into olden timey musicals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm a big musical fan. And like... Yeah. I, I, my knowledge runs the gamut of quite racist Hollywood musicals. Mm. So many to choose from. King and I's a classic. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I watched that a lot with me other than So I have that knowledge a bit. And so I don't know how this one passed me by. Mm. I was like, maybe I was like, women loving women. This isn't 
totally my jam at the moment. Um, <laughs> and there's not I'm a sure top I'll as come bad to as appreciate the it later. <laughs> yeah, and maybe maybe it wasn't hugely. Maybe it wasn't the most popular at the time. I'm not sure like how it was received because mm. Rogers and Hammerstone, right? I think that's the people who do these types of films. Maybe they didn't do this one, but like they were churning out a lot of this stuff. And so like when you have a bigger one like The King yeah. and I or classics that have ended up going to the West End and making huge musicals, I think sometimes they can obscure ones that have like you know a female lead shooting and rooting yeah, I'm just, I, I wonder if people laughed at that a lot at the time and you know I mean I guess that's the point it is a comedy but like do you know what I mean like maybe didn't connect with it as much you know I feel like she might have Googling. been more because she is quite funny right but I feel like we're kind of laughing a little bit at her because she does say and do silly things but I feel like I feel like a lot of the humor back then would have been like lol at this woman doing all this stuff do you know what I mean yeah. especially with the yeah. ah women at the end yeah. I, I did some googling I think this is a this is an original like they wrote the music for the film mm. as opposed to like King and I Sound the Music which were based on Broadway shows um, and also I think they'd just seen the success of Annie Get Your Gun ah. which is about a, a butch blonde woman with a gun um, oh Right, so stand like... down. Somebody needs some material <laughs> for later. Annie, Annie with a gun. But um, I think Clamor Shane was she was a real person, wasn't she? Oh, was she? I don't. I, I don't think Annie she broke your gun into is, song. Is that based on Annie Oakley? Yes. Right. Yeah. She's real. I um, know that. Yes. I know and that, that was also Melissa a musical Edwards, and that's it. for this stage beforehand. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I don't, I, I honestly, but like I knew about Calamity Jane, I just don't know why I hadn't properly seen it all yeah. the way through. Oh, I'm so glad that Someone's I could bring, I could, yeah, I could bring something that you hadn't, you hadn't looked at in yeah. such uh, forensic detail for all its mm. disturbing and brilliant yeah. glory. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think we also haven't ever reviewed anything like this before, like an older film. Have we? No. Like a classic Hollywood yeah. musical. I don't think yeah. we have. No, I'm very, I'm, I'm very glad. And, and also, like, yeah. this was on, on the TV. I recorded this off the telly. This is on TCM. Really? Ah. Yeah. yeah, it's played... Uh, just before, Gone with the Wind. Yes, uh. it's, it's, one of the, it's one of those, like, I think it's played on repeats and stuff like that, so people might discover it later. I think it's, it's one mm. to look at, because I think, and I've written down a few things as well, because I think there's something of, yeah, badass... Badass women with guns, female protagonist at that time holding it. Because she really does hold the whole thing, right? So I think it's worth mm. looking at, even though I do think that younger generations now would look at that with just be like, ah. But then that's so much yeah. of, of everything. But it's interesting that the song, some of the songs have carried over into sort of popular culture and would be known. Because I think Windy City, that's a classic. I'm sure musical yeah. theatre kids I have to sing that. that. Yeah. Like, because some of Absolutely. those scores and stuff, they've kind of lived on in other sort of shows and things like that. So it's good to know the crazy place that it comes from. And remember, you know, you can always do your alternate racial justice, <laughs> alternate racial justice ending. Pink satin porcupine. And if you feel really sad, you know, go up to a hill, sing to some daffodils, take the edge off. You know, there's things you can do to reclaim... <laughs> That is an excellent message. That that is oh. fabulous. Thank you. Um, Charlie, where can we find you on the on the socials and 
Do you have anything to plug? Ooh, plugs. I'm trying to think of stuff I'm doing. I'm gradually getting back to some gigs. I'm going to be gigging up and mm. down places over the summer. Uh, I think they're doing ticket resales for the Hoopla Festival, which I'm going to be, Mighty Hoopla, Ooh. I'm going to be at. I think they're doing ticket resales for that at some point, but I do think it might have sold out, but there'll be a chance to maybe get tickets again. So I'm going to be at that on the 4th of September in Brockwell Park. Is that, is that the one with you... Um, I United Kendalls. Yes, I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. uh, be sh- sh- like I don't know if I'll be sharing a stage. I'll be like on a comedy stage. I hope because if I come on after Gabrielle, I'm gonna cry and lose my shit because uh, <laughs> I've been obsessed with her ever since I was a kid. Uh, dreams can come true, guys. Um, and so, I, um, so yeah, I'm performing at that festival. I'm doing some gigs. I think Cambridge Comedy Festival, and uh, we're gonna do um, in July. I think of the 11th of July, a work in progress show, me and two other Femmes of Colour comedy people at uh, Top Secret. So there's some shows coming up. I'll post them on my social media if you want to come and see some of the crazy material we've been working on during a global pandemic, <laughs> um, where we've really had to dig deep into the darkness of our souls to find things uh, to talk about. Um, but yeah, so uh, I'm at Charlie George Comedy on Facebook and Instagram. So at Charlie George Comedy and on Twitter, um, really inconveniently at CG Does Comedy, um, because there's you know there's a lot of white guys called Charlie George, so I really had to stand out. And uh, <laughs> so yeah, you'll, I'll post about my gigs and stuff on social media. And thanks for having me. It's been really lovely to um, talk about this untapped well of my youth, where I was very covert queer <laughs> <laughs> well thank you so much for joining us and introducing us properly to the excellent yeah. world of calamity jane um you can follow me at kate butch one on all the socials and you can follow me at caitlin r powell on instagram and at caitlin pwll on twitter and we're at queers gone by as well we'll post everything about where to find charlie and all that sort of thing um you can also find us on patreon patreon.com forward slash q u e e r s queers um subscribe share tell a friend tell an enemy tell tell doris day except tell a, tell a tell daffodil, a daffodil. Tell, the golden daffodil. <laughs> um we shall see you next week oh um usually surely at the end we've started doing this thing i'll ask strictly come dancing it's keep something to do with the thing um what should we what should we keep doing until next week um soaring <laughs> soaring <squirting. among> <laughs> Or in a bunk bed. Yeah, that's nice. The syllables are difficult to get it. Do you have to try and get it to fit into the keep dancing? But we can. We'll see how it works. Let's try it. Let's try it. So keep soaring a bunk bed. Okay, we're gonna try it. We'll see you next week, and until then, keep soaring a bunk bed. Lovely. Excellent. This episode wouldn't have been possible without our fabulous patrons. So we'd also like to give a special thank you shout out to our patrons on our Tracy tier. Cole Scahill. Alice Liamaro. Laura Kenny. Francesca Fox. Alex's Simp. And nothing is certain except Beth and taxes. If you'd like to join them and get some great rewards in the process, then visit patreon.com forward slash queers and sign up from just one pound a month. That's patreon.com forward slash Q-U-E-E-R-S.